I have a problem with is hypocrisy. And when someone kind of comes to try to scold uh, publicly so that he could get Billy, uh, whoever his name is, that he pays to attack, uh, especially uh, other opponents, <laughs> they come up here to scold. They should let Billy know if they are so bad, why are they asking for their support? Of course, the support was quietly. You get all the votes of people that I know in district. Uh, Hi, ladies. We heard at this news conference this morning words and phrases like victim and uh, holding politicians accountable, also removing politicians from off of office. All of this now followed from fallout from that ruling against Miami City Commissioner Joe Carroyo, recently found liable for violating the First Amendment rights of two little Havana businessmen. This guy here is not a punching bag. Welcome to Why Are We Like This, the podcast that treats Florida like the active crime scene it is. I'm your co- I'm your host, David Quinones. I'm joined by my co-host, as always. He's walking here, Tomas Kennedy. Hello, Tomas. Hey, I'm trying to walk here. How are you settling in the city that never sleeps but needs to learn how to swim, apparently? You know, it's funny because last time I moved to New York, two weeks after I moved, we got hit with Hurricane Sandy. And now, two weeks after I moved, we're getting hit by historic flooding yet again. So... I'm just bringing the bad vibes <laughs> to a new city. <laughs> and maybe it's a little bit of revenge for all the New Yorkers that uh, moved to Miami and, and ruined our city. But we, yeah. Florida, are threatening to ruin the rest of the country. So maybe, you know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a give there or take. <laughs> and of course, uh, if I am joined by Tomas, that means I'm also jo- joined by Gerald Doherty, my other co-host. Hello, Gerald. Hello, how are you? Uh, I'm on higher ground. Uh, Rockland is kind of like the Lord of the Rings section of downstate New York, so I'm I'm pretty firmly entrenched in the in the mountains. Good, good to know you're safe. Yeah, as long as as long as the cave that I sleep in doesn't slope down and crush me with the rain, <laughs> I'll be okay. Boys, it's been a year. It's been one year since our first podcast, since our first wow. episode came out. We are celebrating one full turn of the calendar, and we're doing it by welcoming welcoming back our first three time guest. You already know him from his acclaimed documentaries like Cocaine Cowboys, Square Grouper, uh, The U. You know him from his equally acclaimed docu series, God Forbid, the Sex Scandal That Brought Down a Dynasty. You might know him from his podcast, Because Miami, which is released every Friday. You can find it over there on the uh, Levitard and Friends feed, anywhere podcasts can be found. Or from his incandescent Twitter feed at Billy Corbin. Billy Corbin, welcome back to Why Are We Like This? It's good to have you back, man. Welcome back. It's great to be here, David. Thank you. <laughs> so I wanted to start off with a couple of news and notes first uh, as we jump in to today's episode. I want I want to get down to a main topic that is sort of this interconnected web of corruption. Uh, honestly, just all of these different tendrils of you know, and, and kind of use Tomas's recent ethics complaint against our mayor to, as a, as a foot in the door to talk about that. But there's a couple of things on the on the on the transom that we got to jump through. First of all, starting with speak of, speaking of exactly that kind of corruption, Billy getting called out uh, a couple of days, a few days ago. I think it was five days ago on the dais by um, Paragon of Integrity. Uh, Joe Carroyo uh, up on the up on up on the Billy were you surprised to to hear your name first of all mangled by our um our rapidly sundowning uh commissioner uh and and then just I don't know how do you take these things because I I think about like Vince Lago down here in the Gables this is not the first time you get called out by these guys like what how do you how do you take it when these guys like kind of call you out and, and and bring your name up well, it's certainly not surprising. I'm. I, it's almost disappointing when they don't, um, because these Joe Carollo, especially, is kind of notorious for having thick skin and for being like this mafioso kind of figure. He actually fancies himself that. If you go in his office inside City Hall, there's this very long uh, vertical poster of the movie The Godfather with his face photoshopped onto the body of Don Corleone. You know, the theme song when they when they sworn in the new police chief. Yeah, it's on, they, it was on know, his Spotify wrapped, I'm pretty sure, the Godfather theme song. <laughs> more importantly, it was when they fired the police chief, Art Acevedo, who called the three commissioners out for corruption and referred to them as a mafia, and then they fired him 
for that, for doing his job as a law enforcement officer and saying, hey, I was brought in here, introduced, handpicked a choice to be police chief by Mayor Francis Suarez, who declared me the Michael Jordan and Tom Brady of police chiefs. Six months later, I say, hey, these guys are corrupt in the city commission. He actually sends an eight page bombshell memo to federal law enforcement, which he has to do because the city commission passed a shady ordinance that does not allow the city of Miami police department to, uh, to either investigate or arrest elected officials within the city. So they have to refer by, by city ordinance, any of those cases to the, uh, FBI or the Florida department of law enforcement. And he did that and got fired uh, for it. And then as Tomas said, that same day in a back room of city hall, they swore in the new police chief, uh, Manny Morales, while Joe on his cell phone played the Godfather theme music. So that's what we're dealing with there. So it's all about threats and intimidation. And I think the best way to handle bullies is to metaphorically, you know, shove them down in the schoolyard in front of everybody. And then they lay back for a while. And that's Joe's style. If I show up to a commission meeting and during public comment and call them out, he'll hem and haw and, and, and scream and cry. And then he'll, and then he'll shut up about me for a while. But you have to remember at some point last year, Joe actually from the dais threatened me. He said, uh, and that was not the first time, but he said, um, you know, if little Billy Corbin uh, lived in the city of Miami, I would send code enforcement to his house, which by the way, is a confession of, of a crime that he, was, that he was about to go on trial for at the time. And as we now know, lost and now uh, was ordered by a federal civil jury to pay $63 million. You should hope that he sends uh, city agencies against you because then you can sue him and get him to pay you tens of millions oh, of dollars. Listen, if, 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 if I was stupid enough to live in the city, um, that might be that might be a problem. But like, that's the thing here is that like, I mean, you have to be a lunatic. I mean, Tomas Kennedy fl fled. He literally fled. For high, for for higher high ground. ground. Uh, I'm part of the exilio now, geographically <laughs> and and. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but but that's a good like like. Listen, I I don't mean people aren't. Let me qualify that people aren't stupid for living in the city of Miami. I think they just don't know better. You know, I I I I I say as this mass influx of New Yorkers and uh, you know Silicon Valleyers and everybody have come to Miami over the last several years. I I I made a very simple declaration that um, if you are are thinking about moving your home, your family, your business, buying property, opening a business, investing in building something in the city of Miami, I would encourage you to watch one city commission meeting online. And I guarantee you that will immediately dispel you of any desire you have to ever do business. You will be desperately in search of, of a place to move your family and business, like a more a more stable political regime like in Caracas, maybe. Well, well, Billy, I think you're about to be eating your words a little bit there, because when you think of a like uh, of the, the most integrity that you could possibly have, particularly in that your your podcast appears on what can best be described as a sports podcast network. And when you think of the biggest, the, mo the, the most integrity of any sports body out there. You got to be thinking of FIFA, right? I, mean, I that's, always am. Yeah, I always am. And uh, this from CBS News. FIFA does not agree with you, Billy. Uh, FIFA is moving more than 100 jobs from its Swiss headquarters to South Florida, where a growing workforce is already started, uh, already working on organizing the 2026 World Cup. Uh, FIFA informed staff on Tuesday that its entire legal department and audit, compliance, and risk management teams will move from Zurich to Coral Gables, a city whose status on the global soccer map is growing after Lionel Messi, uh, Messi's move to play in MLS for Inter Miami, lost on the National Reporter from CBS is that uh, Lionel City Messi is playing, yeah, he's playing a solid hour and a half away from yeah. Coral Gables in traffic. Like, Technically, not City of Miami though, but it still it has its own uh, share of corruption. They have uh, what I would describe as uh, adult onset uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. Uh, I think we do described it uh, uh, ourselves in the past. Vince Lago is adult onset fetal alcohol syndrome, Francis Suarez. So they, they have their own little, their little own tyrant, Francis Suarez clone in that city. And to be, to be clear, it is, it is, you know, you refer to it as a web, David, it is an incestuous cesspool of corruption and, and, and almost all of it in some way is interconnected. There is not a degree of separation from most of these 
of these scandals, and in fact, the arrest of the the uh, city commissioner Alex Diaz Laportia, will impact people in Coral Gables, in City of Miami, in the in Miami Dade County government. That's you know that he's just the first domino uh, to fall. But uh, Vince Lago is like, it's like if 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 Francis Suarez like you know like a mogwai, and you got him wet. And a little, little hairball. One of the little poppers. Yeah. And then you fed him after midnight. That's like Vince Lago. He's like, you know how like, you know, the, the, the Mogwai is multiplying. They're also like photocopies of photocopies. They're like evil. They're a little dumber, you know, they're a little sloppier, like, you know, a little messier. And, and uh, how appropriate is it that a man named Messi moved to this town? Um, but like that's that's Vince Lago. He he's like a bad photocopy of a photocopy of Francis Suarez, but no less th- that no less corrupt. I mean, here's another mayor who is a registered real estate hustler, like by trade. He actually lists in his official bio um, his main source of income is real estate and construction. And what has happened in Coral Gables over the last several years? A real estate and construction. Uh, boom has happened. And while he has insisted that he ha- does no business in the city, or he insisted that years ago, now he has gleefully uh, appeared at ribbon cutting ceremonies talking about his actual professional his and personal involvement in these projects. He's also known to, like, when you want to build something or open something in the city, he's known to suggest very strongly to you what people you want to hire to get that done. He is, he is in a, a was now he's been, he's been expelled if you will, or, or, or dropped out or resigned or whatever from a bro, a real estate brokerage where, where he had his uh, license filed with the mayor of Hialeah, the mayor of Hialeah's uh, stepson, who was also a former Hialeah councilman, his chief of staff as well. uh, And he owns property with Francis Suarez, his cousin in Coral Gables. I, I mean, it just. <laughs> well, it's yeah, just you mentioned crazy. you mentioned some of the affected parties in this, and, and uh, a, a group that you left out in terms of those stakeholders are the uh, poor servers at Morton Steakhouse, who are not going to get to see some of the front, the you know, get a front row seat to to some of the drama that they that they've gotten to to uh, witness. <laughs> and for those who don't know what we're talking about, I don't know, Billy. You know the ins and outs of that know, better than I do. But do, like, do you know, like, like, listen to it. We sound insane. I know and, this sounds like an unhinged group of morons talking about the most weird inside shit but this is the life that we're living in except for Tomas who peaced out and was like I've had enough of this but like the funny thing is is that all we're doing is actually reciting facts but it's so crazy (laughs) it sounds so crazy wait wait until they find the gold bars (laughs) (laughs) and by the way I do want to say something we'll get into the ethics complaint stuff later but all this stuff that Billy was talking about, Ben Slago, is insanely unethical and illegal under state law. And he was actually at that Formula One event that is the center of my ethics complaint against Francis Suarez. I doubt that he paid for his own $14,000 or whatever it is via whatever ticket Vince got specifically. I doubt he paid that for himself. And I want to say this to the viewer. You can file a notarized ethics complaint at any time. And don't be afraid to do so because sometimes the ethics commission will take it upon themselves to investigate it. And just at the risk of sounding corny, just remember that age old story. David only needed a slingshot to take on Goliath. So go after these fuckers, harass them, take on them, file that ethics complaint. Somebody, listener, file an ethics complaint on Vince Lago because he is just as vulnerable as Francis is. We should we should we should print up, um, you know, like uh fill like you know actual copies of it and just hang it at like uh you know hillstones and uh you know tap 42 and all the, these haunts of these people and oh, i games. have to tell you this was a the cheese uh the cheese made this rumor which was not true by the way but it was a real rumor it, it a real rumor such that people from the a couple of people from the press did descend on city hall in coral gables during last week's commission meeting there was a rumor that vince lago was going to get arrested it was <laughs> it was not it was not true it did not happen i didn't believe it when i heard it but people like but it was like an actionable rumor people were like yeah. have you heard about this like sh- you know should we like go to city hall and 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 the press uh, th- i don't know exactly who but some i know there was some press that wound up showing up in possible anticipation of this because of course 3 weeks ago or so 2 3 weeks ago a city commissioner in miami we all woke up 
first thing in the mo- Thursday morning to the cheese, the coconut telegraph, as Jimmy Buffett would say. Jay and I were like, yeah. Everybody's <laughs> oh, like, damn everybody's <laughs> like, yo, I hear, I hear the FDLE is going to be, you know, knocking down uh, the door on, on City Hall to grab DLP. And sure as shit, man, the FDLE was going in the front door. Alex Bertia was literally walking out the back door and took off and uh, like like OJ and the white Ford Bronco. And he basically, you know, they made a call and, and said, where does he he'll surrender? But he is not down for the perp walk because the media had already assembled in front of City Hall to be able to get that shot of him in handcuffs coming out of the building. This, we want to get to that. Um, but what, what, one thing I wanted to bring up really quickly as we wrap up our news and notes, uh, Tomas, Gerald, I know the two of you got together to watch mm-hmm. the um, debate the other night, the most pointless oh, yeah. debate in the history of pointless <laughs> debates. Until um, the next most pointless debate. Next- <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I don't know. I wanted to get you to Gerald. Maybe you can give me your impression of it as a professional debate watcher. Uh, and. <laughs> And uh, I, I just I, I just wanted to touch on I don't want to this is such a rabbit hole I didn't want to go down it but Tomas yeah. Billy you're both journalists you both worked in the capacity with um you know pulling records and things like that sure, from the Florida this. Department <laughs> the, the biased uh, activist journalist um for you know pull, working with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement the one thing that like jumped out to me as also a former journalist is the terrible data and how you can stand on just this bullshit data and make up anything that you want about like, and specifically I'm talking about Ron DeSantis and his contention that, you know, Florida is this crime free Haven and California is this desiccated wasteland of, you know, of, of rape and murder. I don't know what stood out to you, Jer. I, so we, we talked about this as it was happening. He said he talked to, uh, he had a conversation with a woman uh, who was describing how terrible the crime is. And my, my conjecture is that he's not trying to convince us that California has is ridden with crime. He's trying to convince us that he has normal conversations with everyday people about the issues that they're facing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've seen this guy talk to people. I don't think that conversation happened not at all. <laughs> my girlfriend pointed out something important, or was it you? One of you two pointed out something very uh, illuminating that he actually said that several times throughout the debate. He said, yeah. I had a conversation with a woman. A woman. Yeah. He, he obviously focus group tested yes. that like talking to women is like more popular, polls higher. So he's just <laughs> making up these conversations with, you know, various women that, 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 that as he's had in, in, in New Hampshire and Iowa. It's all bullshit. These things never happen. It's all scripted. They wrote that for him. One of the focus points from the first debate is that women did not like how masturbatory Vivek's performance was by constantly I'm just I'm repeating what happened he boasted a lot about himself and made himself out to be this savior that no one's ever heard of before he ran for president and the demographic that really did not like that was women because they meet guys like that every day and know to clutch their purse and drive five miles per hour faster if they ever come across such a person and so to Tomas's point I think that they probably deduced that women voters are more up for grabs and he made sure to say how many conversations he's been having with women uh in his travels across the country conversation that did not happen by the way (laughs) unlike that unlike the three-time abortion survivor woman that he said that he had had a conversation with last time i think some of this stuff is like a a little bit of a cultural remnant and um I think, you know, one of the culprits is is on the skull with us right now, because I think that there are some people who think about Florida uh, in the context of, oh, it used to be Paradise Lost. It used to be, you know, people getting gunned down in front of Dadeland Mall and people, if if they're under the age of 50 and they have any cultural memory of that, it's probably because they watch Cocaine Cowboys. Like, let's be honest, that's the 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 the. the enduring image from one of the enduring images from from that movie billy do you think that people think like florida oh now it's fine now like lar- like america writ large the u.s writ large people think oh florida now it doesn't have crime anymore <laughs> something like that is anybody buying that kind of th- that kind of bullshit from fdle and from desantis no i i don't I don't think so. Um, you go around the country. I think there are people with, with misimpressions of it, but I think by and large, people don't believe that to be true. I, but I think there is a certain movement uh, or a certain group in this country. I mean, let's be real about it. They, they, they want 
to hear lies. They want, I mean, listen, we're, we're here in an echo chamber right now, but I think that we could handle the truth. I think we believe that Bob Menendez should be in, should be arrested Lock and should resign. Should resign up. Yeah. Should resign from the, the Senate. Ab- uh, absolutely. I don't think there, you, there'd be anybody who would debate that. Be in jail, let alone resign. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, what did he say? Oh, I'm not corrupt. I'm just Cuban. We just yeah. hide. We just hide cash everywhere in our house. Yeah. What are you talking? What a yeah. crazy, crazy. We, we, we had a back and forth about this on our chat, on our on our show chat, and I did mention that, like, it is true that most of the Cuban men I know over the age of sixty five do have piles of cash. Like, that is actually a true thing. They have piles of cash in their house. Yeah, that but, does, not, that, but it that, shouldn't be stolen. Yeah. Right? I've, I've gotten but, cash. But it's not stolen cash. Yeah. It's not and, ill-gotten and, proceeds of crime. Like, bars. And, and bars of gold he got from Egyptians? Like, yeah. what? <laughs> they didn't get the cash by being, like, Egyptian intelligent assets like yeah. what? <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a buelo af to be talking with Egyptian military figures and asking how much and uh, how much gold bars yeah. are worth they, in cash. They didn't get their cash the like halal certification process for all of the United States. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to want to want to uh, avoid the question entirely though. But there is a certain segment of the population that like wants to be gaslighted you know i just yeah. i think of i think of tell steve, me what i want to hear yeah. i think of steve martin is the dentist in 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 uh in in little shop of horrors i think that's the level of gas they want they want the gas you know they want you know they it makes them happy it makes them but but this is a scary thing about it i was just talking about it with a friend today that um there are people i mean people work in this country and particularly in this community i mean they work three four five jobs just to afford their rent they have to make decisions about f- clothing and feeding their children or going to the doctor. Like these are, and, and this is like a significant percentage of our friends uh, and neighbors. Um, they have, I mean, they work on their feet. They work outside. They work with their hands. They work in the heat or they work in the, in a service industry dealing with all of us miserable people, you know, miserable people, really hard jobs, and they still can barely afford to live here. And some of those people will donate 5, 10, 15, 20, 50, $100. Think about how many hours it takes to earn that money. We'll donate that to a man who shits on a gold toilet because yeah. they think that that man cares about them Look, is looking out for them and is going to fi- like save the country. Like, and by the way, I'm not making fun of these people at all. I'm saying that this is like it's a drug, it's a sickness, it's there's something going on here where like can you imagine? And and by the way, that man is using your money to pay for his legal defense, his legal defense. <laughs> fund. To, who a man who is trying to defend crimes he committed while he was the president of the United States with your money that you make working and same people who want oh I. I want low taxes. Do you, know how many, do you know how many months out of the year I work for the government? How many months out of the year do you work to pay Donald Trump's criminal defense? But it's the same people who won't believe that Florida's crime ridden. And Jumbo Jet, by the way. Yeah. I mean, there's an entire, I, I, I was going to, I almost called it a cottage industry, but that would be downplaying it. This is an enormous industry. The Donald Trump um, handout industry over the last seven years has turned into the, 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 we talked about what was the name of his Gerald, the name of his six foot five weird Swedish, uh, digital manager that, that lost his shit in Fort Lauderdale and got arrested. Remember who was that guy? The, 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 the big guy he came up with, uh, we talked about this in the past. Um, his name escapes me right now, but they did come up with this novel approach of just bombarding boomers inboxes with asks for money. And it was, it, it, it's it's ridiculous. If you ever look in your spam folder, you'll see all this stuff. And it, it's it, it's the amount of money that it's just extracting as a project out of old folks. It's crazy. But to me, also, like, rich people going to rich people. Special interest going to special interest. You know, they're looking out for low taxes or their best interests or, 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 or corporate welfare or whatever. I get it. Yeah. It's the small donors, like, that, that – that really up it, it upsets me. It disturbs me. I should say, like in yeah. a way, because like this guy is does not give a shit about you. This guy would not piss on you in a fire. This guy has this guy has thumbed his nose, looked down on you, and and metaphorically spit on people like that. Isn't the man's never paid a contractor, never yeah. paid a construction worker, never Bare- paid for the people who built who who literally pays built his lawyers. His 
Dude, remember remember the reports from from when he was watching the the January 6 riots on TV and he was like, "Why why are they dressed like that? Oh, they don't look so sharp. They should be dressed better." It's like he literally thinks his supporters are garbage. He hates yeah. them. Yeah. I think you can break them into two categories. Like there there was a not insignificant portion of QAnon literature that thought like there was going to be an inside deal to forgive all medical debt until 9-11 happened and that scurried the deal. There was someone who was interviewed at a Trump uh, event who said that uh, she's voting for Trump because she has medical debt and thinks that he has a secret plan to wipe it all away that only he can use his business genius smarts to do. Right. The I think that dinar, the Iraqi dinar, there was a huge the Iraqi dinar. Yes. This is from the dinar. Yeah. Yes. Iraqi currency thinking that he was going to peg it to the dollar they were buying it while he was undervalued and he was going to magically shut up in value yeah. when Donald Trump was going to push the, the the Iraqi dinar evaluation button and make it worth the same as the US dollar. This is a real scheme yeah. that they thought and they lost all their savings and they're yeah. still waiting for the Iraqi dinar to be overvalued by, you know, th- their their messiah Donald Trump. It's crazy. It, it's, I, I, it's not funny. I know. I, I, no, I, I get. I get the sense if you're if you're in a bad spot, the idea that there's a uh, a powerful rich person who likes you. I I kind of get that. I think a lot, probably a lot of world religions probably formed around that exact feeling. There is another type of person who I I can't have it. I can't break bread with, and that is the people who like Donald Trump because they think he's going to rain divine justice down upon all my enemies i.e. social minorities and, you know, what have you. Like, that's the person that I think I, 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 I yeah, no, gulag for you. <laughs> I've been, yeah, I mean, I, 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 with you there. I, and I've been saying this for a lot of years, but I, I think the sad, sick reality of the, of the Trump story and a lot of the Republican story, unfortunately, in this era is that for all the racism, demagoguery, depriving Americans of their of their rights. Uh, this is all just a heist movie. Like Trump doesn't really care. He doesn't no. really care about any of of the, no. of the Islamophobia and the misogyny and the red. Like he, right. he might feel that, but he doesn't care about it. As a, he's this is all red meat to 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 shake them, to grab them by the ankles and shake the money out of their pockets. Like that's the sick thing. This is all just a money play. And and yeah. but 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 there are real victims of that corruption. People, Americans are suffering. Pe- real people, including some of his voters and constituents, a lot of them are suffering as a result of that. I think we've got another year and a half, or no, another year to talk about th- this particular subject, and probably another four years after I, that. I, fuck, I want to say right yeah. now that that the twenty twenty four election cycle is going to make twenty twenty look like. 2012. I don't mean like, yeah, like non-controversial. Yeah. Incidentally, I did that. I, I'm not picking on 2012 in particular. I'm just saying like uneventful, like in, in the pantheon and in our memory banks, like 2020 will forever be like, like a collective trauma, like nine 11. Like we'll always remember where we were on January 6, 2021, you know, like there, there will be, but 2024 is going to be off the chain. Like 2024, I mean, I don't think there's any stopping Trump from getting this nomination, despite the fact that he's going to be on trial. He is going to be on appeal. He might be convicted. I think you could have forget Joe, sleepy Joe in the basement. We could have our first president in exile. I'm sorry, former president in exile running for president as the presumptive major party candidate. In Moscow, in Saudi Arabia, like, and and he'll get the nomination. I think. And, and, and I know you disagree, but he could very well win. He could. Yeah. You know? <laughs> a lot of people are watching this race as, "Am I going to vote for the guy who's going might die in office versus the guy who might die in prison?" And they think prison guy might have a little more juice in him, like that, like more blood in his veins, like that is what they're seeing. From a GOP candidate who uh, seems immune to almost any consequences in life to a former GOP presidential candidate who looks like he might be hearing the footsteps of a little bit of consequences. I want to read this from uh, the Miami Herald to uh, ease us into our main topic for the day. Oh, yes. Miami Mayor Suarez officially understate ethics investigation for World Cup F1 tickets. 
The Florida Commission on Ethics has officially opened an investigation into Miami Mayor Francis Suarez following a complaint a complaint regarding his acceptance of expensive tickets to sporting events like the Miami Formula One Grand Prix and the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. The investigation is based on a complaint made by local activist Tomas Kennedy. Not so local anymore, though, which raises questions about <laughs> who paid for the period. Come on. Who is this, Sarah? Come on, Sarah. Do some fact checking. I'm still coming and going. I'm still coming and going, baby. Inter- international activist. International yeah, man right. of mystery. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. So much. I haven't abandoned y'all. Uh, and whether Suarez complied with Florida ethics laws require, uh, requiring the mayor to disclose the source of all gifts, including complimentary access, valued over $100. The law also uh, pr- the laws also prohibit elected officials from accepting such gifts from city vendors, lobbyists, and, and uh, or their employers. T, I want to hand it off to you, but I also want to mention this. This the, the byline on this is from uh, Sarah Blasky, and she got a co-byline there from Tess Risky. But um, I, I also want to mention that Sarah, uh, who's a friend of the show, has been trying to get answers to this and um, basically initiated one of the biggest journalistic farces in recent memory where uh, she was kind of shoved aside, physically molested, pushed away by the mayor, by his people, manhandled. Um Mayor caught some shit for that and then proceeded to have like a, a Potemkin style uh, group of, of friendly journalists come in and, and, and um, you know, lob some softballs at him. And that just pissed me off a lot. But, T, I don't want to steal except, your thunder. Except man. for Glenna Milberg. Let's give her credit. Glenna, much credit to, um, uh, shit, what is Glenna? CBS, right? Or WSVN? ABC. And, uh, ABC, yeah. ABC's Glenna Milberg, who who uh, did hold his feet to the fire um, far more than any of the other um folks Tomas how did it come to this I mean look Billy has done I think has been the chief tormentor of, of Francis Suarez and has uh, been able to to track the his his descent into corruption and, and his degradation of uh, public office in my in, in the city of Miami which is wow what what a task right to further degrade public office in the city of Miami but <laughs> you know it, it's funny because Billy, you and I have talked about this. This guy was giving, you know, like the the silk glove treatment by the press pretty much until the cryptocurrency collapse of last year, right? While he was peddling the shit coins that ultimately collapsed, lost investors millions of dollars, were suspended from trading. You know, at the same time, right, right? That was like a lot of like the focus of his rise and fall. But during that same time, this guy who had a net worth of neg- negative 99,000, uh, ne- negative 100,000, his wealth, since he got elected into office, you know what, like a decade ago, ballooned up to $12 million. And that's because he has dozens or at least over a dozen side gigs at, you know, at, at, at crypto firms, consultancy firms, a, 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 a law firm where he doesn't even really practice law. His his role there is basically to bring in clients for yeah. this for the firm and basically Greaser. grease grease we you know whatever they need to do in the city and sarah basically found the smoking gun that accelerated uh you know his his ongoing downfall which was uh ten thousand dollar a month payments totaling hundred and seventy thousand dollars from a developer named rishi kapoor who basically had projects, luxury development projects, fast-tracked at the city uh, of Miami, you know, basically emailing the zoning director uh, to, to, you know, grease, you know, the proceedings for him, then later emailing the the, the city of, my, uh, of Miami mayor's office, Francis Suarez's office, thanking him for his role in this, you know, greasing of the process. Basically, you know, hiring the mayor to deal against us, the citizens who already pay him, what, $120,000 a year, Billy, to make it the best deal for us. He's not getting the best deal for us. He's getting the best deal for his clients. That's a bribe, right? They are hiring him and bribing him, and it was all undisclosed. So that is, like, I think the, the most egregious thing that is on him right now. But on top of that, what my ethics complaint centers around is these high-dollar, expensive gifts that the mayor has flaunted in the face of the residents and continues to flaunt as he goes on these, you know, softball interviews and says that the, the residents expected him to attend these events to represent the city of Miami. 
Well, if you do that, do it in your official capacity, make some remarks and leave. But that's not what he did. Sarah actually got the mayor's calendar where he had his 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 time at, at, the, at the Grand Prix, at the Formula One event, blocked off as personal time. Right. He went there for all three days despite his efforts to say that he was only there one day, right? He went there to wine and dine and hang out with his wife. And the $14,000 tickets, two of them, which he got totaling almost $30,000, were from Ken Griffin, the CEO of Citadel, who has three luxury development projects before the city of Miami. He went to the World Cup in Qatar. We still don't know who paid for that and was in a box with David Beckham, who is perhaps (laughs) city of Miami's most famous registered lobbyist, right? And again, we don't know who paid for that. And he doesn't disclose these things. He's not honest with the public. And again, the problem here is that he's not being honest. He's not disclosing this to the public. And he's getting these gifts from entities who are lobbying and have interest and projects before the city of Miami. So that prevents him from negotiating a good deal on behalf of us, the residents, which he is supposed to. To do, right? And I want to make this very clear. This is not just an ethics thing, right? Of course it is. But state law is very, very clear. Any gift totaling $100 or more from uh, a a, a lobbyist or one of their employees is illegal, if not refunded within 90 days, which that 90-day period for all of these gifts that I have outlined has expired. And despite the mayor's first claiming that he paid for the tickets himself. Then when press saying, no, no, well, actually I reimbursed it, right? He has sh- he has shown no proof of either payment or reimbursement within the allowed time of these high dollar uh, gifts. So that is the basis of the complaint uh, that I have filed uh, before the Florida Ethics Commission. This isn't the first complaint that you filed, Tomas, because I, I noticed that, they, that Sarah mentioned in her story that you on the county level filed a complaint as well. And I was surprised to learn that, I think you and I have talked about this before, but I, I just, it kind of didn't hit me until I was reading that, um, like, they, they, you basically have to say, okay, from the, from the story it says here, uh, Kennedy filed the same complaint with the County Ethics Commission. It, just so people understand down here in South Florida, the difference between the city and county is uh, is uh, exponential. Like, the city is really only about four, I think 400,000 people. The county is a huge metropolitan area of nearly 3 million people that uh and that contains a substantially bigger budget substantially bigger budget 34 uh municipalities are contained within our county um my including the city of, city of miami. miami including the city of miami uh which is one of them the largest one um and it says that uh that your your county ethics commission complaint was um dismissed on September 15th due to a clause in the county code requiring that the complainant have substantial personal knowledge of the alleged violation. This is basically saying that like the responsibility is on on the complainant to be like a whistleblower. Like you would have to be so inside. Like how would you like that's that struck me as bullshit yeah. too. And look, I, and I want to kick it kick it over to Billy in a little bit to describe our experience because he took time of his day to uh, support the complaint and come with me that day to to defend what we were trying to do. I will say the ethics committee in Miami Dade did take a role in the uh, indictment and arrest of Alexis Laportia. So. It, you know, I don't want to kick him too much, but this clause of personal knowledge is ridiculous, right? You have to be, it means that I would have had to basically been an employee of Ken Griffin that took part in, 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 in paying for these tickets, or that I would have been a a Francis Suarez employee that, you know, took part in the transaction somehow, or a city of Miami employee (laughs) that took part in this transaction somehow. The burden to, of personal knowledge is ridiculous and it's definitely designed to prevent Miami-Dade residents from using this uh, 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 tool for accountability of public uh, for public officials. The Florida Ethics Board does not have uh, this, this ridiculous requirement, but they do have to um, prove legal sufficiency, right? Look, I, I think we can all agree here. We don't want the state ethics board or the Miami-Dade ethics board or any ethics board to be used for frivolous purposes, right, uh, or, 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 or partisanship sniping. It took about a month for the or, or more for the Florida ethics board to finally open an investigation and assign an investigator into this, right? So um, the, the Florida ethics board still has, you know, stringent 
strict procedures on whether to move forward with an investigation or not. But the the personal knowledge clause at the city at uh, the Miami Dade County Ethics Board needs to be completely revamped. And Billy, I want to I want to just get your take of that day when we were there. And can you actually, if you don't mind, talk about that ridiculous part of the meeting where they were just waiving the fees for the lobbyists? Can you just yeah? Because I I was just my my jaw dropped, and I think the the public deserves to know because I don't think they go to these parts and rec style, you know, like government <laughs> meetings. But I was just honestly shocked. I th- I thought it was outrageous. Yeah, this is a pretty fun, obscure, you know, government meeting uh, as described. Uh, I also want to say I, I I appreciate Tomas's compliment at the top of his 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 remarks here. Um, I want to return the compliment because yeah. like without you know Tomas filing these complaints you know, there would be no investigation uh, at the state about, about this. So, you know, and, and, and a lot of people and rightfully so in this community are scared of their government, are scared of retribution, are scared of code enforcement coming to their house or, you know, or, or whatever it is that Joe Carollo was found liable for and ordered to pay $63 million for, for targeting business owners and trying to put them out of business and, and put their employees out of work uh, for political retribution. That is a real fear in this community. So, uh, you know, Tomas has been, as we know, fearless. And while it's easy for the mayor to dismiss uh, to, uh, Tomas as a, as a partisan activist, which is not, uh, it's not inaccurate, um, but it's irrelevant. Because in this situation, you're dealing with a nonpartisan seat. I will say, Billy, that don't mean it ain't true. Before I interrupt you, before you go into the the anecdote of the of the uh, uh, Miami Dade ethics meeting, I may be a partisan activist, but I'm also nonpartisan. Because who is the person that we went after before Joe Crowley in the city of Miami? It was Ken Russell. We go after Democrat, but on on both parties. But this is but this is my point. Uh, you know, Republicans hate us and Democrats hate us. I I wear I wear both as a badge of honor. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not a, a a partisan hack. I just try to stay consistent, you know, and and try and try not to be a hypocrite and and apply the same rules to everybody. I think George Santos should resign. I think Bob Menendez should resign. I don't think you know I I, I apply the same rules to both of those criminals. In if you're a Democratic criminal, or Republican criminal, but the truth about Ken Russell as a city commissioner and the truth about Francis Suarez as a city mayor is those are nonpartisan seats. I know that sounds foolish because well, of course that he's a registered Republican, he's a registered Democrat. But my point is that they don't run that way. There's an there's no R D uh, by their name. Um, you know, in, on the ballot. So these are people who are supposed to be in a nonpartisan way representing th- the small segment of their community that their municipality covers. Unfortunately, that turns out to be not true of both registered Republicans and registered Democrats uh, alike. So you just got to call balls and strikes as you see them and not look Oh, well, where, where's his voter registration? Because they're not serving as Democrats or Republicans. There's no Democratic caucus on the city commission or Republican caucus on the on the Miami-Dade County yeah. Commission. Those are, again, so, but, and that's not an incidental fact, I don't think, um, number one. Uh, number two, uh, I, the meeting was a hoot. I mean, they spent, uh, the same lawyer for the Miami-Dade County Ethics Commission who was um, basically declaring uh, Tomas's uh, complaint as, uh, you know, uh, 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 to recommending a dismissal based on uh, what Glenna called a, a loophole. It really was uh, on standing rather than looking at the merits of the actual complaint. While she was recommending that, that this very real complaint for which we all had personal knowledge through the Miami Herald, everybody who's yeah. read that article has personal knowledge. Um, and there are images on social media posted by the mayor uh, Mr. Griffin's spokesperson told the Miami Herald that the mayor and, and his wife were in fact guests of Mr. Griffin before they realized that, uh oh, that maybe that's not allow- allowable. We need to we need to deal with that. Um, but uh, that same lawyer for the Miami Ethics Commission was recommending that lobbyist after lobbyist after lobbyist who had filed paperwork late with the county should have their fines reduced by 90 percent. The argument was they should pay simply 10% of what the fines were. So lobbyist after lobbyist was getting a 90% discount from this lawyer. She turns around and says, uh, you know, Tomas's uh, complaint uh, isn't going. And by by the way, she would say this and she would literally be like, 
well, lobbyists, blah, 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 you know, was notified of this and couldn't be here today. But on their behalf, I am recommending that their fee be uh, reduced by 90%. So these lobbyists, it's not like, like when you and I get a parking ticket, right? We go to the, the, the court in hopes that the police officer won't show up, which a lot of times they don't, and it gets dismissed, right? Sometimes. These people don't even have to show up, these lobbyists. They have the ethics board lawyer that makes the recommendations acting on their behalf, and they can't even be bothered to show up to make their own case. I mean, this is because ridiculous. They because they don't have to. You know, Tom- Tomas and I showed up to defend, you know, his complaint and, and this and this ridiculous recommendation. But here's the thing. And, and Tomas is right. The the criminal charges, 13 of them and arrest of Miami Commissioner Alex Diaz Laportia is my understanding began its life as a uh, an ethics complaint and investigation by the Miami-Dade County Ethics Commission, who recognized crimes over the course of their investigation and called in the Florida Department of Law Enforcement and Broward uh, County uh, State Attorney's Office because the Miami-Dade County State Attorney had been conflicted out, and all of these cases are now being handled uh, in Broward County. But you have to remember this. Um, Jose Arojo, who is like the chairman uh, uh, and gets paid a very handsome salary uh, probably six figures, I'm sure, as a, an attorney in seasoned county employee. Um, he used to be uh, in the Miami-Dade state attorney's office. He was a, a major duty mucky-muck department head. And Jose Arojo signed off time and time again on closeout memos against police officers, some of whom had shot and killed unarmed civilians, Okay, some of whom were fired, in fact, for it, and cleared them. Okay, cleared them. And in fact, during the the last 30 years since the state attorney, Catherine Fernandez Rundle, has been in office, I think we talk about this every time, but I think it's important to remember she has not charged a single law enforcement officer with an on-duty killing in 30 years. And this man's signature is on most of those or a lot of those closeout memos. Clear. So this is the man who is in charge of the Miami-Dade County Ethics Commission, who is supposed to be holding our public officials accountable, who effectively has failed to do so during his decades uh, at the state attorney's office. That's the crazy thing. They abdicated their responsibility. The reason why Miami is so backwards and upside down and notorious for, for public corruption is because the state attorney has failed to take action, has failed to hold uh, the public sector accountable. And now one of those guys who is responsible for not holding them responsible continues to be responsible for not holding them responsible at the Miami-Dade Ethics Commission. I, I think it's, I just want to mention to folks who are, you know, listening to this, they listen from all over the state of Florida. I look at the metrics, you see people from all over the country listening to this. Understand the top elected official in Miami-Dade County is a Democrat. It's a woman named uh, Daniela Levine-Cava. And it, lest you think that Billy is, you know, or even Tomas are partisan hacks, the both of them, if you just look back on their Twitter feed or their public comments, they hold her to account very often. This is not a partisan issue. She's another person who doesn't run with a letter by her name. Probably the reason she was elected, yeah. frankly. Um, like, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other conversation. Um, Billy, <laughs> Billy, the thing that that re- I was reminded of uh, thinking about Carroyo when he was like, um, when he was basically threatening you last year, like, oh, he's lucky he's not in my hand. It reminded me of of Homer Simpson, like, trying to buy a gun and the gun owner telling him, like, oh, you need to wait for a two-week cooling-off period. And Homer's like, oh, you're so lucky I don't have my gun right now. <laughs> like, it's literally, like, he's oh. admitting to the thing that he was going to do. I, I, I don't know. Before, I want to I wanna hand it up, things over to Gerald because he had, a, he had something he wanted to talk about. But before that, I, I just want to ask both of you, do you guys feel like this is, I feel like such a fucking noob saying something stupid like this, but could this be, this combined with a few other, you know, hints of accountability that we're seeing, um, could it be the beginning of some, no. some come up in some no. kind of, you know, like, like era of accountability here, finally in South Florida, I see a lot of shaking, I see, I see Billy yeah. nodding his head, Billy, let me start with you first. <laughs> Wait, yeah. it, it looked like four bobbleheads here. In, yes, in, yeah. in the it, 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 it looked, looked like Mark DeSantis when he yeah. gets out. <laughs> yeah, jiff me, jiff me now, jiff me. Yeah, begging to be jiffed. Um, yeah, we know we did. We looked like the Mar- the old Marlins bobblehead museum in Marlins Park. That co- that only cost us three billion dollars. So, um, uh, you know, what I will say is, 
Miami, if you want to understand Miami today, you have to look at Miami from about 1996 to 2001. It's just history repeating. Now, the major difference back then, I would have said a few weeks ago, was there was accountability back then. You know, the white blood cells of the legal justice system attacked the virus and purged it. It took a while, but they yeah. did. You had Operation you know, Green Palm. Uh, you had your county commissioner uh, uh, arrested, a city commissioner arrested, a city manager arrested, a former city manager arrested. Then you had another city commissioner arrested. Then finally, yeah. in 2001, you had Joe Carollo, who the, the then mayor arrested for domestic violence. And there was kind of a, a detente, a peaceful period. It was a little shady, but not as bad, you know, uh, from about 01 to maybe 20, you know, 14, 15, 16, when Francis Suarez was elected <laughs> to uh, the city commission. Um, well, funny, it's funny, funny enough, but no relation. But I, but I guess my point is that, like, I was worried that if all of these folks get away with this, if they're just allowed to turn out and move on and there is no arrests and no accountability and no ethics complaints and no that this will be the end of Miami, meaning that, like, the only people I mean, this will be the end of government as we know it in Miami, because without accountability, the only people that will run for office are criminals. The only people that will run for office are opportunists who want to exploit their public position for private profit. The only people that will run for office are people who go, hmm, I have a negative net worth like Francis Suarez did. I know how I can become a millionaire. I'm going to run for office in the city of Miami in a shakedown town yeah. and start and become a millionaire. And huh, my, my dad's connected. Yeah, right. So, 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 but now it seems a domino may have fallen. The question is, did it fall the wrong way or did it fall against the other, the other dominoes, you know? And I, I think that I'm hopeful it's the latter. And part of what I think we have to do is not be complacent that they've thrown us a bone here with this yeah. arrest of DLP. All they have done is circumcise the tiny wiener off the beast. Like we have, <laughs> we have, we have not lopped off a real appendage. That's the thing. Uh, Diaz Laportia is a symptom. He is not the cancer. He is not. So, so we, so what we have to do is continue to maintain the pressure uh, continue to maintain the publicity, the complaints, and basically say we will not stop until the U.S. attorney in the Southern District of Florida convenes a federal grand jury to pick apart this city. By the way, if they find no crimes, so be it. I'm telling you right now, they are going to find that this is nothing more, the city of Miami is nothing more than a absolute racketeering organization, a continuing criminal enterprise masquerading as a local government. And the victims are the residents and the business owners and the taxpayers uh, of that city, of that of that criminal organization. Tomas, you're less convinced of this. You're less convinced that we'll get to that point. No, no, I actually align with Billy a lot, but I, I would go a step further and I actually have a solution for the voters. I actually do. So, you know, to, uh, I do want to point out to the listeners, uh, there was a great article in the Miami uh, Herald last week that actually outlines a lot of the past uh, indictments and arrests at the City of Miami Commission that Billy was mentioning about two decades ago. So it's true. We, we've seen this movie before, right? And uh, like Billy also likes to say, in, in, in Miami-Dade, in the city of Miami, we don't throw out our garbage, we recycle it, right? So even, <laughs> and if you read Joan Didion's Miami, like a lot of the same names that you read from the 80s and 90s and even 70s are still the same names. They're just the failed sons and daughters of those fucking failed politicians. From I'm, back sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. The line is, we don't recycle our trash, we reelect it. Yeah, we reelect it. <laughs> and, and by the way, Tomas is right. I left out a key factor about that 96 to 01 comparison, and that is it's a, it's mostly the same last names. Yeah, it's the same, same last names. Yeah. Carroyo, Suarez, Humberto Hernandez is back. Like you read those news stories and you're like, how is it the same? They're like a malignant tumor. They're like a cancer. They keep popping back up <laughs> and you have to do chemo. You know, it, it's, it's mad, maddening. But I will say like what Billy said, get involved. You know, there's a guy that's running for DLPC that Billy is, is very enthusiastically supporting, Marvin Tapia, who's a good community member. He would do right by the city, I think. But I will go a step further, Billy. In the late 90s, there was a, a, a city referendum at the city of Miami to abolish the city. 1997, it, yes. 1997. And it failed kind of narrowly. So I, and, and you only need to about, I believe, 21,000 petitions to put something, a referendum to change the city charter. So I would, you know, 
ask the voters to consider this. And if somebody with money is listening to this, somebody who's connected to campaigns, to donors, we should start a petition campaign to put another referendum to abolish the city of Miami. I, I, I want to fire them all, incorporate it into the county, get rid of it. The, real the, consequences, real it's consequences. Not, it's not abolishing. That's a that's a little bit dramatic, but sounds a bit destructive. I think this is actually a constructive, uh, it's, it's an unincorporation yes. of the city. But what that what that does, it unencumbers what has become a very large city. You have nearly 500,000 people with only five representatives, you know, only five district commissioners. And that is, I believe, in the country, some of the lowest representation per capita. You know, it there's doesn't you know, work administratively. I yeah. work with every day. I work with like with with corporations, companies that, that work in the city of Miami and are trying to get the most basic you know, bids through. They're trying to get permitting through. It's impossible. It's like pushing a fucking rock up the hill. It's, look, it's, look, it's conservatives, less taxes, less corruption, yeah. less bureaucracy, less government. Who said we couldn't do bipartisanship? Let's go. Abolish, and, unincorporate, and, whatever you want to call it. Let's get and, rid of the city of Miami. And by the way, and more freedom in that if you live freedom, in, baby. if you live in, Winwood, if you live in Rickle, if you live in Coconut Grove, if you live in Liberty City, if you live in Shenandoah, you can get together with your friends and neighbors and incorporate your community into no. a municipality so you can have that local accountability. The truth is a very, very smart man, uh, 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 George Stearns, who was the attorney, uh, I'm sorry, Gene Stearns, who was one of the, the attorneys who helped with that 1997 referendum to unincorporate the city of Miami, said something. He said, told me something very important that he said that the spirit of the local municipalities is a good one. It's like more accountable, more localized government. Unfortunately, what happened is in Miami-Dade, they became 34 new opportunities for them to steal from us. And yep. the biggest issue is this. If your municipality is more than 40 or 50,000 people, the government is no longer working for you. You are working for the government. And that's what happened. Miami is 10 times that size and so my but but here's the thing coconut grove can't secede from the city of miami legally and become this the villager city of coconut yeah. grove the first thing you have to do is unencumber or free miami from that municipality miami that's sitting and, on top of it exactly yep yeah. yeah. uh i like that idea i love it and you know what i'm going to uh i'm going to join jump in both feet in 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 pushing for this uh disintegration dis uh disassociation uh this uh, yeah i think abolition might be a little bit of a tough sell but i think we can work we got some wordsmiths here um we can we can we can we can come up with a better name for it before we say goodbye gerald uh you have a call to action for those who want to who who, who might be interested in supporting um laborers who are striking right? yes uh as our as our the new york poll of our audience uh begins to grow uh wanted to give uh, people a way that they can plug in um so last night i was in uh tapan um with the uaw workers who are on strike uh outside the stellantis plant which is a parts manufacturer for chrysler um it, i believe it's a 24 7 um rolling strike so whenever you show up is a good time um, any food, Gatorade, water, what have you is appreciated. Um, I know there will be a big push. Uh, it's Friday today. There'll be a large push, uh, on Saturday. Um, last weekend we had, uh, Dr. Cornell West, uh, come up, um, to give, uh, you know, uh, his support. We've had other political actors uh, and candidates as well. Um, but wanted to ask if any, uh, people in the tri-state area can make the time to come to Japan and support their, UAW workers uh, to help win, you know, a just contract. Um, please be there. I'll be there, uh, weather permitting, uh, on Saturday. Um, I know this, like I said, a big push for a big turnout. Um, but this, they said they're going to keep going until they win. So um, I, I heard there's a I heard there's a Democratic senator who's go, from the area who's going to send a couple bars of gold. So that should <laughs> that should help. <laughs> Listen, that that can fund a lot of pizza, <laughs> a lot of whole lot. Feet, a lot of water, you know, a lot of uh, ponchos and umbrellas. So yeah so yeah if you're around help out um in Japan. one thing i wanted to mention really quickly before we say goodbye is uh that a year ago we started this show uh we were yeah. producing our first slate of episodes nobody had heard of us we had zero listeners 
Um, we did what you do when you start reaching, when you start a show from zero. We reached out to several prominent creators in the medium to be guests. Most of them didn't get back to us, but one who did was Matt Christman of Chapo Trap House. Matt's a big deal. He was a huge get for us, and uh, he could have very easily just ignored our invitation. Um, instead, we had a great conversation about Florida. You can listen to it. It's episode three, I believe, or episode two, framing the whole episode, the, the whole premise for us, for what this show turned out to be. Uh, we were informed by his sharp mind, his deep knowledge of U.S. history, uh, the freaks and mutants that built this state. And to this date, that episode remains one of our most streamed. Um, Matt is a luminary, one of the smartest minds out there, and a hilarious affable guy and you might have heard that matt is currently struggling after a medical emergency and i just wanted to say that we're thinking about him over here why are we like this and um we're wishing him a speedy recovery super grateful to have him um help us get established all of those episodes ago episodes ago get well soon kush bomb yeah wait wait i'm sorry we can ignore your invitations i didn't even know that was an option <laughs> <laughs> have to remember that the tomas can get very pushy in text <laughs> So thank you again to Billy Corbin. You can follow him. Our on soon X. to be fourth time guest. Our soon to be fourth time guest. <laughs> by by the way, follow- the next the next time I come on, I'm going to do it from New York. So yeah. oh, David, we're David fully outnumbered. Man, he'll be the odd man out. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. You can it's follow Billy on X or Twitter at Billy Corbin. You should also uh, subscribe to Because Miami, which appears on the Libertard and Friends podcast feed every Friday. Billy, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thank you. Thank Billy. you guys.